Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. This is the weirdest fucking piece of news I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, okay. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Tim. I'm Willie. Is it movie I, related? I just received a very strange piece of news that's movie related. All right. I mean, really bizarre. Let me get through the rest of the intro. Okay. We're going to talk about whatever Willie just read. We're going to do some listener feedback. And then finally, we're going to conclude the episode with our full review of David Ayer's Suicide Squad. But before we get to all that feedback on MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us, let us know what you think of the show and the things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Please uh, go to MidwestFilmNerds.com to check out all of our previous 191 plus bonus episodes with full show notes so you can skip over the spoilerary and other things that you don't want to hear. And um, Gone to Texas has wrapped up. All, uh, all 10 episodes of the show are out. All 12 episodes of our podcast are out. Go give those a listen if you've watched Preacher or if you're going to catch up on Preacher. Go check it out, g2tpodcast.com. That's the letter G, number two, letter T, podcast.com. And finally, there's going to be a new episode of the Midwest Game Nerds out this next week. We're going to talk about No Man's Sky coming out for PlayStation 4 and PC. If you would like to win a free copy of No Man's Sky limited edition on PS4, please tune in to that episode and uh, we find out some details to uh, to win that game. So, Willie, without further ado, what's this news? Um, actually, this is a movie I was thinking about a few days ago because I'm like, whatever happened to that? Um, World War Z. Oh, I was okay. always wondering, where's that sequel that they yeah. were talking about? And what is up with zombie movies not getting the sequels? That where's Zombieland too? Like, I'd like they that made movie. the TV show. Yeah, they that like weirdly transitioned into so a TV strange. show, kind of. So apparently, there is a director, a high profile director, in talks to direct World War Z two. Hey, anyone care to guess who this director is? Um, high profile. It's it's a high. It's a yeah. David Ayer. No, higher profile than David Ayer. Well, it's not Gary Marshall. <laughs> Yikes! Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, sorry guys. No, Gary, if it was directed by Gary Marshall, it would have like Ashton Kutcher and Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> uh, um, Queen Latifah. Like it had like World every War actor. Z Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how about is it? Is it? Can you give us like a genre, or no? He's done. He's done. Uh, typically, he does thrillers. I would say thrillers. Yeah, John Landis because he did the thriller music video. <laughs> <laughs> Not Explain my great joke. Higher profile than John Landis. <laughs> yeah, higher profile than I John Landis. I I don't know. Who I would say it? more relevant than John Landis. Max Landis. <laughs> 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 no, this person's directed a movie before. Okay. Um, he mostly does thrillers. Yeah, typically thrillers. Um, Gotta start with a sequel. A sequel was his first film. David Fincher. David Fincher is <laughs> wow, in talks really? to direct World War Z two. That is so crazy to me. You know <laughs> what? You know what? Why bother? Like no, because because he's just I. He's got thirty other projects on his plate. This is just another one to add on there and fall off in a, a couple. Apparently, of years. A, according to this report, Brad Pitt has reached out to him. 
and said, oh. please, we really, I really want you to be the guy to do this. Okay. And, and that he was super hesitant at first, but he's always open when Brad Pitt brings the project up. That's a different story then. I I would be pretty excited. It'd be a very different movie. I feel like. Well, I think but, it was it was gonna have to be a different movie anyway. Yeah. I don't. I'm like, down. The weird lightning in a bottle that somehow happened to work out. That is World War Z one. Who directed the first one? It was in Mark Forrester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm down. Whatever. Sure. I'd be down for. Fincher that. needs to needs to cut loose and have a little fun. I thought he did it with Gone Girl. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I'd like, I would I would be down to see Fincher in some genre fair. He hasn't made a genre movie. I really wanted that. Since Seven is not really a genre movie. No. He hasn't made a genre movie since Alien 3. Yeah. Hasn't made a yeah. sequel since Alien 3, so <laughs> this could be interesting. I mean... So Seven's a horror movie in the way that Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie, but I... I don't call either one of them genre films, no. though. They're, they're more dramas than... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're kind they of have a horror, ed- like, skew to them, mm-hmm. but their dramas, I feel like, are, are thrillers more so than... I don't know. I would be down... I didn't. I mean, World War Z was good. It was better it. than yeah. I had any that than I thought it could have been. Yeah. Given the circumstances we were told about, but uh, I don't know. I it's I just I read that and I went, huh? Like it just seems so strange to me. Your Max Landis is kind of close. It was kind of like it was a Max Brooks, written by Max Brooks, son <laughs> of a prominent right. director. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, who's Max Brooks? The son of Mel, Mel Brooks, Brooks, right? Yeah. No, El- no. Max Brooks is Mel Brooks' son. Is he Mel Brooks' yeah. son? Yeah. Oh. Max yep. Mel. Max yeah. Mel. Yeah. I didn't know that. Maxi Mel. You, you, know. you learn something new that you'll forget every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up again like a month from now and see if... <laughs> Seems like I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> Max Brooks, son of a famous director. <laughs> let me okay. Let me let me fact check this now. <laughs> no, it's, he's, he's, he's Mel Brooks' son. <laughs> I'm going to look up World War Z on, uh, if I can spell world correctly. We drink Alex's uh, bottled water that he stocks in his fridge frequently while we record this. And I, I always, I've never mentioned this on the podcast, but I, I love this spot where you can write your name. Yeah. They have a name, like a little blank white spot where you can well, write yes. your name. Max Brooks, uh, author of World War Z, is the son of Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft. Interesting. So there you go. Oh, wow. Yes, Talented the, family. The uh, Kirkland, the Costco water does have a, a spot for you to write your name. That's kind of cute. My guess is it's because they probably sell to a lot of like kids, like soccer teams. Yeah. There. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I remember having these at summer camp and, um, yeah. and you know, because the kids would. What, what yeah. listeners don't see right now <laughs> is the four bottles of water behind me, <laughs> none of which have the name filled in because I know they're all mine. Yeah. You're performing some sort of experiment. I'm, <laughs> I'm like steps away from being, uh, uh, what's his name? Howard Hughes. <laughs> Just a reckless. In the podcast studio, peeing in the water bottles. I, I was going to say Walter White, because he got some sort of meth lab situation. Uh, yeah, like uh, that's a little more credit than this deserves. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're like the you're like Bruce Wayne in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Of Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that's there good. There we go. Good throwback to Thanks. a movie I barely remember. There you go. <laughs> anyway, we have some feedback. Our friend Jason wrote in. Uh, he said, subject line, best filmmakers. Body says, latest fighting in the war room did a segment on who they think is the best living and working film. Who 
They think the best living and working filmmakers. Who did a segment on this? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. This is Jason. Oh, no, fighting who? in the war room. For uh, fighting in the war room, which is a collective of people that they work off of some website. I don't know. Okay, cool. I just, but I just. They yeah. do a lot of other things like uh, Storm of Spoilers and Thought Bubble. They have a bunch. They're kind of like a network. Cool. Awesome. Sorry. Type I, thing. Yeah. But um. So, who they think the best living and working filmmakers are would be a good segment for you guys to do, maybe. Coen Brothers have never failed me, and I will defend all their movies unlike a certain TV vampire. That's a preacher reference for you guys who don't know. And uh, what do you guys think? Just so you guys know, Cassidy on uh, Preacher, who's a vampire, hates the Big Lebowski, and it comes up multiple times throughout (laughs) the season, and it's really funny every time it does. A weird movie to hate. It's great. It's great. (laughs) The, the joke is that he's the only person in the world but that hates, hates the Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. It's but, not my favorite, but I don't hate it. Yeah. I like that. Um, so, yeah. The best living and working filmmakers. This is tough. I think because I think they still have to be vital in making great movies. Okay. Yeah, let's set up that rule real quick because, they're, I mean, I, I hate to say it. I could say Ridley Scott. But one movie, <laughs> but one really good movie in the last however many years, does it really count? I mean, Spielberg was going to be my example, but then like Spielberg has been kind of spotty recently. Yeah. So I mean, he's still making good stuff, but so are we? It's going to be really consistently consistent. A good movie? Martian. He did oh, the Martian. The Martian. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Right. He did. He did a great movie called The Counselor. <laughs> So consistently recently good. Would consistently that be recently good. I am going to put one out there, and I am going to say Scorsese. Yeah. Because I think he's still... I think Wolf of Wall Street ranks up with some of his best stuff. I don't love Wolf of Wall Street, uh-huh. but with like that and Hugo. Mm-hmm. And what came before Hugo? Uh, well, he did Shutter Island. Shutter Island's still good. Shutter, Island's, not... Shutter Island's kind of fun trash, yeah. and I like that. Um, and pulpy. he did uh, The Departed. Right before okay. that, too. So I would I would say Scorsese. This is so- Scorsese. <laughs> Marty. I can't talk to you. You say Marty. You guys are going to, yeah, my friend Marty. He's he's a good one. Well, my friend Marty. I like that. Like a documentary. <laughs> yeah, that's my documentary about <laughs> Marty, um, whose who's last name I can't say. I'm going to throw out a couple of younger younger bucks, okay. who I think are like two of the best directors working today. Okay. Uh, Ryan Coogler. All right. Yep. I mean, he's oh, so gotta, you're going like... I'm Screw it. I, he said, I honestly, I think... I, Living and working. I guess I yeah. got to see who's not dead too. <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, once again, it's not Gary Marshall. <laughs> Jesus. Yikes. Again. Because I will get apparently John Luke Goddard was alive as of 2010. <laughs> well, there you go. But he wasn't working though, really, right? I no, that's that's a good point. That's yeah. a good. Point. I forgot the working part. Sorry, Willie. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's no, okay. Is Cooler too young? Is that too young? I don't think so. Because okay. this is the best. Li- it's it's on their merits, and I would say Creed is fantastic. I haven't seen Fruit Fruitvale's Bell, great. Creed Fruitvale is great. Yeah. Yet, I, I, it's only two movies. I gotta, I gotta say no. Okay, we're gonna explain <laughs> that. And yeah. I love him. Yeah, I guess uh, that's kind of hard. I don't know. I I personally would posit David Fincher. Okay. I know people don't love Benjamin Button. In, you know what? Though? And, he's, and a, he's a visionary director. So. But yeah, I still think like it. Whatever, regardless of what you say about Benjamin Button and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the direction of those movies is very interesting and different, and mm-hmm. and very Fincher. So I think that's interesting. Who, who's Who, your second one? Um, Denis. 
Denis Villeneuve. Oh, so you yeah. were, yeah, you Denis were Villeneuve. young bucks. Yeah, I went young. Okay. Denis Villeneuve. I don't, honestly, I, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm racking the my Collins brain The Collins is a good one. Of... The Collins is a good one. Tarantino is a good one. Um, no. I'm Nolan. Um, Christopher Nolan, for sure. Yeah. Wes Anderson? I would say Christopher Nolan, yep. yeah. Uh, see, but there. the thing is that all these people, I can go and be like, well, there was one that I'm like, mm. Right, but I'm thinking they have a cachet. Yeah. Of great movies, and they have still recently made great movies, is yeah. what I'm thinking of. P.T. Anderson. I think Denis fits. He's done quite a few movies. Well, he did a lot of Spanish stuff, which yeah. I have not seen all of it. But, but but even so, like with he's like every year he's got more movies that he's yeah. put out. So I, I mean, he's so far for me, he's he's three for three. But I guess if we were gonna make if we were gonna make the best living and working and the best upcoming filmmakers, I would rather have him on the upcoming. He'd go more than, on the yeah, same with Googler. Yeah. yeah. Um. P.T. Anderson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I agree. Maybe I don't know. Well, I don't know that I, I agree. Have, actually, I, I gotta see air advice. I have to. Oh God, I would love to rewatch it with you. Actually, <laughs> I haven't liked his last two movies, but you can't deny the guys. What was the one before That's Inherent true. Vice? The Master. The Master. Okay. I did not like The Master, but I did. I did enjoy Inherent Vice quite a bit. Okay. Much to most people's surprise. <laughs> uh, oh man, George Miller. Oh, good one! Yeah, yeah, that Happy Feet. I don't know. I've never I, was, seen I think <laughs> I think Happy Feet was pretty well received. I don't know. Yeah, it was. Um, babe, I mean, he did Babe, Pig in the City, right? Mm-hmm. I think Mad Max Fury Road gives it, it to him alone. Oh, totally. He might not work consistently, but he's still working. I like still. that one actually. Yeah. Um, Del Toro. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would put Guillermo on there. Benicio. Yes. <laughs> what what, other what does he direct? <laughs> you guys are real quick. So total. He side may have note. directed all of his scenes in uh, Guardian. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Benicio and um, and Denis, did you hear that Sicario is getting a sequel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. D- Denis not directing no. though, right? No. I just I just wanted. To, I didn't know if you guys. Knew. It's so weird. To me. Yeah, I heard that they were moving forward with that. Yeah, but it's bizarre. Um, anyway, um, man, there's a lot of people I wish I could. Say, I wish I could say are still. It's good, like Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> He's still doing good work, just not movie-wise. Yeah. 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 Uh, living, working. Yeah, like I want to say Raimi, but Raimi's so hit or miss. Yeah, Raimi's tough. Too. Yeah, He's tough to pin down. Uh-huh. He would be like my favorite, though, of like living, working filmmaker. Yeah. Um, the, the, the favorite and best is different. There was a time when I would have said, weirdly said Robert Rodriguez, but I would not say that anymore. Robert Rodriguez? There's a time when I would have said it. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. He would have been closer to like a Coogler. Rob Zombie, I think, has to be up there. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to get a reaction. Um, Hmm. Who who's doing Friday the Thirteenth? Oh my oh, god, Breck Eisner. Breck Eisner of the Last Witch Hunter. Fan. Last Witch Hunter and the Crazies remake. Okay, so Breck's, Breck Breck Eisner and, and Alex Proyas. So, oh my god, Alex Proyas. Thank yes, you, yes, Alex. Yes. Can can we? <laughs> I, I honestly, I think I think this guy's made enough movies now to consider James Wan. James Wan. James Wan. The Beast. He's James one of the Wan's best working directors today. I feel like good. Not sure I could put him up there though. No, no, yeah. he's just really solid. He's never. He I, gets my butt in the seat, but I wouldn't see him as like a household name. If we were doing strictly horror, yes. Critically and commercially, though, the guy tears it up. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing it with movies that aren't all that. Appro- I mean, they're not mainstream for the most part. If, yeah, if we're doing like yeah, like populist filmmakers, and I, I might throw them out there, but 
Um, who am I missing? I feel like pretentious over here, Mister. Right? I feel like it's the Talking movies. The yeah, movies that who are you? May, and maybe maybe this kind of knocks David Fincher out because I don't necessarily think of him as that that much of a household name. But Christopher Nolan is certainly up there, and I feel like Wes Anderson is up there mm-hmm. in terms oh, of yeah, like a you are. could sell a movie on their name, right? Like that's what that first title card in those trailers says. Like the Dunkirk trailer. Here's Christopher Nolan. This a film by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. And then, you mm-hmm. know. Did you oh, guys yeah. watch that by the way? Yeah. The trailer? It, yeah, it's it's just the short. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just like a very short oh, scene cool. teaser. It's yeah. atmospheric. I, yeah. I watched it too because I was like, I guess if I can I can trust anyone, it's Nolan when he's not making a superhero film. So I was joking with Tim in the theater <laughs> about how um Maybe this will be Nolan's sexiest film somehow, <laughs> despite being set during what World War One. Well, it does star one of the one of the young men of uh, Oh One Direction, one right? Direction. Yeah. Oh, it does. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mr. Harry Styles. So, so weird. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> Such an odd choice. For My Nolan. choice. I'm going to settle on Tarantino. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. What good. if we all had to pick one? If you had to pick one, Ooh, Catherine Bigelow would be good too. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. That's pretty good. She's consistently excellent. Cameron? Well, here's the funky Cameron thing about Crow? Jim. <laughs> not, apparently not after Aloha. <laughs> Jim Cameron, you know what? I would say yes. I would say yes. Because I think I might go yes, too. Even if you don't like Avatar, you have to marvel at the fact that it's an achievement. I mean, the achievement that it yeah. is. You know, I mean... Well, I mean, yeah. I, it would be, I would be hard-pressed to not say... Like, if anybody's a filmmaker... If one person in this world is a filmmaker, right. it's, it's James Cameron. But, yeah. you know. Michael Bay? No. <laughs> you know? All right. No. We're going populist. He's no. right up there. He's, okay. He's got so, a style, So too. if you have to pick one, Tim says Tarantino. I go Tarantino. Willie, who do you say? Uh, come back to me. I don't know. I would I would stick with Fincher, I think. Over over Wes Anderson and and uh, and Christopher Nolan, I would go with Fincher. I don't think I like any long-standing directors anymore. <laughs> like yeah. honestly, I can't think of anybody that I'd be like, "Yeah, oh yeah, that's the guy." So you'd have to pick Denis or Coogs. Yeah, somebody younger. Okay. I don't honestly. I, I don't get excited about. Um, I don't get excited about like I, I hate to say about any of the people we just named. I don't immediately get excited because of their names. I, I'm not like I'm going. I'm going to be yeah. there. I I have to see something more than that. So okay. yeah, I, I don't I think. That's fair. I, I, honestly, Tarantino is probably the closest one for me. Where I, I I get excited when I hear that he's doing something. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just gonna copy Tim and say Tarantino. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Thanks, Jason, for writing in. Anybody else? Sorry for have... being so hoity-toity, <laughs> like I always am. Uh, Sorry for being such a downer. <laughs> no, I think I think the Coen Brothers is a great answer. Coen too. Brothers is really good too. I I would. Yep. I would. I mean, they've got ones like you know, a serious man kind of was just like out. It came out and whatever, but. Between, you know, Tarantino's, Cohen's, Scorsese, Spielberg, and Raimi are the directors. Like I will watch, yeah, whenever something comes out for sure. Um, and Alex Proyas, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Alex Proyas. Just, just because I'm a fan of all of them. Too. You know what? The Crow is good. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I like The Crow. Oh, Gods of Egypt was fantastic. Speaking of Alex Proyas, yeah, it's time crow, to talk about David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Oh, we're going right there. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Do you, okay. want, do you want to go somewhere else first? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to go back in time. <laughs> That's where we bring out the Huey Lewis. Anyway. <laughs> 
Suicide Squad, directed by David Ayer. The IMDb synopsis says a secret government agency recruits a group of imprisoned supervillains to execute dangerous black ops missions in exchange for clemency, which inevitably leads to chaos. Uh, this movie stars Will Smith, Margot Robbie. It's Robbie, I think. I think I've, that- I've come back around. I think people hear her. Is it one B or two Bs? It's two Bs. That's probably a Robbie. And, I, and I, think, I think the issue is that some people hear her say it in her Australian accent. She's Australian? I think mm-hmm. so. Cool. And, and then they, they think it's Robbie. But I think it's Margot Robbie. If I'm wrong, Margot, please write in feedback on this Viola Davis, David Harbour. Who we grew to love last week on Stranger Things, mm-hmm. uh, Jared Leto, and many more people. Jay Hernandez, Common, Common, Common. Uh, Cara Delevingne, Joel Kinnaman, uh, Adewale Akinoye, Sexy, Triple A, Triple A, Triple A, as we'll call him from now on. So, uh, Suicide Squad. I think a lot of us viewed this as our last hope for DC after not last hope, no. but our, <laughs> our, our 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 next hope for DC right. uh, movie greatness. Uh, David Ayer, someone uh, that we appreciate. I like I like David Ayer. I wanted to yeah. put that out there. I do like David Ayer. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Tim does. Willie, I don't know if you have any predisposition towards David Ayer. Um, I like Fury a lot. I know Nick was very interested in this too. Mm-hmm. Sad he's not here to talk about it. Um, but, uh, but I think we all felt like, okay, David Ayer doing a Suicide Squad movie makes sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's an all inspired right. choice. If yeah. you want to hear us talk about our thoughts on Batman v Superman, the previous movie in the series, please go listen to that episode earlier this year. It's probably like in the one eighties, one seventies ish. Uh, but just note that we may or may not spoil some events from that film in this review. I think it's, yeah. Yeah. Cause it is. And Man of Steel. Part and- of that. Yeah. Man of Steel. Whatever. Who cares? Anyway. No, I'm just letting them know. Who yeah. wants to go first with their thoughts on Suicide Squad? I go first. Willie wants to go first. Okay. Please. Um, I didn't like this movie uh, for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, it's funny as I get older. Let me hold on. Let me back up for a second. Okay. When I was a young buck. Much like my boys Coogler and Denis. <laughs> um, when I was a young buck, I remember watching quite a few movies where I, I watched the, I went through the whole thing and I just didn't like it. And at the end of the movie, I couldn't quite put my finger on why I didn't like it, but I didn't like it. It just didn't feel right to me. As I've gotten older and I've watched movies more critically and just, I don't know, just as you see more movies and mature, I started realizing that the reason why I didn't like a lot of those movies was because the edit which is something I never really thought consciously about as a kid. You don't think about editing. Yeah. You might think about directing if that's something you're into. You think about acting maybe, but editing is not something you think about. This movie is an editing nightmare. Um, yeah. And I felt like the last DC movie was an editing nightmare. So that's my first problem with it. And then, and that's a big problem. Um, secondly, the story doesn't make any sense. Zero sense. None. And I'm okay. I can forgive a lot. I can forgive... Um, do so. Is there any way for you to separate the story and the editing? Like, do you feel that the story is a failure, even if it was edited together, or do you feel like the story is a failure to you because it's edited poorly and therefore you don't? No, the story it? fails on its own. Okay, yeah, the, the, the edit just doesn't help it any. Just doesn't okay. any favors. If the story had been strong and the edit had lacked, I might have liked this more. 
If the edit had been stronger and the story remained the same, I might have liked it more. The two working together makes it even worse. Okay. Um, here's the thing, and I'm not. I don't want to get too detailed, but I can suspend my disbelief that a government um, agency, yeah, yeah, agency. What, yeah. what is it? Argus is that what Argus they, is? Argus? Yeah. That they decide, okay, we're going to take these supervillains and we're going to we're going to make them um, work for us. As a as Task Force X, like yeah. kind of a military. But here's the thing: when you when you are picking characters um, who really, for the most part, don't have any powers, there's nothing super about most of these people. You got a crazy woman with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. You've got an Australian guy who I think is a drug addict with with boomerangs. Yeah. You've got a guy who's like an alligator. He's probably a little stronger than the average Joe. I mean, but there's not a lot going on. These aren't super-powered people. Yeah. They keep calling him meta-humans. Like, yeah, I'm meta-humans. He's a dude who climbs well. Yeah, it's not. This is not. He, yeah, he has a grappling hook. That's yeah. not a superpower, um, <laughs> which is fine. I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. I, I like the Punisher. Um, I like I like, I like. like Captain America, who really in the comics doesn't have superpowers. So I'm, I'm, I don't mind that. The problem is you need to find a threat that makes sense for characters like that. A threat that is believable enough that they could they could save the day with their skill set they could they could but but is challenging enough to where you actually you know there's stakes yes there's stakes there thank you for for putting that in this threat and i'm not going to say what it is is such a horrible 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 decision a horrible choice a creative choice it doesn't make any sense it feels like it's trying to ape off of a lot of comic book movies that have come before. Not even just comic book movies, but it's a very common. It's this, just, it's a kind of a, a final act trope. I'm going to ruin point. it a bit because I think it is in the trailer a little bit. It boils but down it to is, a big beam of light in the sky. That the, they tro- the trope is laser to the sky. Yeah. Like that is very much. It, it's it's been a trope for a long time, and yeah. and honestly, I, I'm for the most part I can forgive it at this point because it is what it is. Look, as long as I'm having fun watching the good guys kick the bad guys' asses, I don't care what the bad guys' plot is. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't give a shit. Yeah. That's not the problem. The problem for me is is the fact that. Yeah, the villain's plot sucks, but the villains suck too. They not they not and not only do they suck, they don't fit this this group Scenario, of people that are yeah. it none of it works. Um uh, and honestly, most of the I didn't like I, well one thing I'll say I, I did like non-spoilery is Will Smith. Yeah. I felt like I got Will Smith back a little bit here, which was nice. I was like, "Oh, hey, I like Will Smith again. Cool." I wish he was in a better movie. Mm-hmm. But at least I enjoyed watching. Him. I think I think a lot of it is him and Margot together. I think they work well together, especially considering focus as well from from last year. Yeah, I'm going to say something right now that I feel like I'm not the only one who's going to feel this way at the table. <laughs> I'm going to say something right now, and it's going to be the last thing I say before we go into spoilers. Okay. And it's probably going to get me blacklisted from everything ever on the internet. <laughs> if I'm not familiar with Harley Quinn. I don't know the character that well. I know the basics. I know she's the Joker's gal pal, and she's, I don't know, she's crazy and talks like this, mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. If this is the, if the character we're seeing in this movie is the Harley Quinn that everybody is losing their minds over, I don't get it. I, I don't like this yeah. character at all. I don't, and, and the sad part is, like, I don't know. On a surface level, it is. I don't know much about. Uh, yeah, I do wish Nick was here because he probably knows more about it. I only know her from the cartoon series, which I think is where she originated. That's where she was created. And from yeah. what I remember, I haven't watched the animated series in a long time, um, specifically like Joker, Harley Quinn episodes. But on a surface level, yes, this is what she is. But the relationship with the Joker, her relationship with the Joker is not anything like 
what's in well, the presented in the I, movie. I think there's yeah, and I think that's she she's kind of taken as the Joker's right hand woman in a lot of instances, from what I know her from, and I think she's typically a little bit more. Um, uh, tuned in and aware of stupid decisions that the Joker wants to make. Mm-hmm. She somehow reels the Joker in a little bit in some ways. She she and, legitimately loves the Joker, and the Joker doesn't really care much about her, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. It's kind of how it goes. It's kind of uh, an abusive relationship in that That's way. more interesting yeah. to me than yeah. what's happening here. Well, and apparently they edited out a lot of the abusive relationship. You can tell. Which I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, in this movie, I don't uh, miss it that much, right. but I think I think lar- in large part I think a lot of your problem with Harley Quinn, Willie, might be the the poor characterization of the Joker in this film. It might be, and you know what? Like I I like uh, Margot Robbie a lot. I think she's great. Um, and and there's moments where she she made me laugh and I chuckled and stuff. Like I thought she had moments, but overall I w- I was left wondering like why is this character so popular? I don't. Get I found it. her very grating too, and I like Margot Robbie a lot. Yeah. I think I think of Harley as just very grating. Yeah. I think Harley's a very great I think and that's why I feel like she 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 nails Harley to a T. Mm-hmm. But, it, but yeah, yeah, I don't I guess But I don't think Harley is given the right things to do in this movie. But like many of the creative choices here at hand here, I one I have to wonder if this is the way the character is, the character is kind of more of a grating, kind of obnoxious character, why was she the female lead? Yeah. I think I honestly if she had been more of a supporting yeah, character who like shows up on the scene and just and makes you crack up or, or like changes things up or, or, or adds the or, dynamic of the team. I guess maybe if this was actually an ensemble movie, there would have been less of oh, her in it. <laughs> yeah, which it's, it's really not. Yeah. But anyway, it's ensemble really. I mean, it's more like I don't know, like a patchwork <laughs> of things. That's a good segue for you to talk. About. <laughs> yeah, Tim, what did you think? Okay, of Suicide here's the thing: Squad? is um, I just want to let. You guys, these are like my least favorite episodes of the podcast to do. And it's because um, I don't like dwelling on the negative all the time. And I end up doing it during these things. Um, um, I really hated it. Like, I really, really did. And And the thing is... I've defended bad movies on here before. And it's okay to like bad movies. Um... But I have found nuggets of things in X-Men Apocalypse and Gods of Egypt where I went at that. I enjoyed that. Um, I was trying to think of things I liked in this movie, and I didn't like a lot of anything. Um, it's a bad movie. Um, it's Structurally, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. There are The first 30 minutes of this movie are introductions. I think Deadshot and Harley Quinn get introduced like two or three times a piece. Yep. Um, I don't blame this on David Ayer either, because from what I've seen of David Ayer movies, he's someone who likes to kind of drop you in the middle of worlds and then let you kind of find your way out from there. He does it. There's a lot of handholding in this movie and it's not necessary. There are flashbacks nearing or in the third act of this movie that there's one character that has an arc in this a little, and it's uh, Will Smith, Deadshot. No, Harley Quinn really doesn't. No. She's the same. She's static the entire way through. Um, El Diablo, they throw in his entire arc in a flashback. <laughs> it's the laziest thing. There are flashbacks randomly throughout this movie, and that's just lazy storytelling. And that tells me that this was him under pressure from the studio um, saying, like, you got to lighten these characters up. You got to do this. You got to do that. Blah, blah, blah. Because I've seen it before, and he's he's not a filmmaker who does that. Yeah. Um, 
So just on a structural level, I mean, there there are more problems. I mean, it's like you couldn't come up with another set piece at the point other than like a helicopter crashing and or Joker breaking someone out of prison because that happens multiple times in this movie. <laughs> um, the villains are a embarrassment when it comes to design. They're black blobs with stuff growing yeah, out of no, them. Yeah, the, the the faceless army of this movie is. Uh, I've seen a lot of people throw shots. Shade, as the kids say, um, at the whole portal thing, um, like the sky portal opening up and whatever. I mean, fine. I I didn't bother me. What bothered me is, yeah, there's nothing interesting to go along with it. I don't. What's the bad guy's name in this? Which one? Okay, (laughs) the guy. We don't. I don't remember. Her brother. They literally never say. They never say his name. It's supposed to be her brother. Who's her brother in the comic? Oh, if they called him Incubus, I would have. If they had introduced him, this is my brother Incubus, yeah, and they would. played an Incubus song. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, the, I do want to. <laughs> the source music, the source music, didn't bother me actually because I liked some of the songs. I'm and starting to think it's not a CW thing; it's just a DC. DC thing. It is overused though. In it's this movie, it's right? totally overused. There's a lot of it. There's I mean, a lot of it. A lot of it's on the nose, but I'm okay with source music nowadays because it drowns out idiots around me. <laughs> so I'm fine. Just play it the entire time. Um, <laughs> the whole movie sent to simply the but it <laughs> meet you. That that really pulled me out of it because that is a very prominent song in Focus, and I was like, "What <laughs> did did they not? Is it in somebody's contract that this has to? I don't anyway. Sorry, any any Smith Robbie joint has to feature. <laughs> has to have yeah. Um. So anyway, these are all criticisms and. Nick Pickings, maybe even that you can lob at a lot of movies. You can lob it on movies I've defended on here in the past, like X Men Apocalypse. The difference is, I sat there the entire time just thinking, like, I do not like being here. I don't like being around these people. Um, this feels like a movie that was made specifically for the people who boycotted Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, it's straight up, like, let's aim our movie. At the guys in the comic book store who like sit in the back and are smelly and they scoff at the normals who come in and buy <laughs> like Spider Gwen or some like some like mainstream. The filthy book. casuals. The filthy casuals. These are people who discuss like how cool it is. Like, I don't know that like I like. Slipknot raped somebody at one point. Like, like he's a serial rapist, right? Slipknot in the comics. Yeah. yeah. Like these. this is a movie made for fans of the Slipknot character is what I'm saying. <laughs> what, is it? The, no, I'm sorry. It's, we'll it's just like, it's, and I could almost, and I, and I could almost, almost enjoy that, but it's PG 13. Like <laughs> sabotage is a much better version of this movie. Cause it's rated R and hilarious. <laughs> this just feels so neutered and ballless all yeah. the time. It just feels like, like, Anybody who's seen like a David Ayer movie or even what you can tell what he's going for at times and like the style and the scumminess, but it never goes that way because it just feels like the studio stepped in and said, no, no, tone that down, tone that down. Don't do that. Um, so I tried to pick out some positive things. Yeah. What, I, what? I've decided now I've got it out of the way. I think this movie is shit. This is the Nadir of DC universe. This might be the low point of the summer, an awful summer all around. Like this is as low as it gets for me. 
uh, when it comes to DC. This is a movie. This is one of the movies I thought was so bad that it made me reevaluate like my thoughts on like Man of Steel. Like, wow, like I really shit all over Man of Steel. Like I was wrong because <laughs> it gets worse. Um, things I liked: Will Smith. He's playing Mike Lowry from Bad Boys. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have him back because yep. I could watch that all day. Mike Lowry is my favorite outside of Fresh Prince is my favorite Will Smith character. So it's like a, this is almost like a trailer for Bad Boys 3 for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. A little bit of a primer. Um, Getting you ready. I took a shot at El Diablo earlier. Yeah. But I loved him. <laughs> I actually, I, I, and I loved the entire, like the flashback was at least funny. I think if they would have like, I think if they would have taken the fader on his story distribution and like moved it towards the beginning of the movie a little bit more then it would have been but better. It had a little bit more impact but yeah it, it, at least at least i was entertained during this and it like at the end he turns into like some sort of he gets some sort of native american headdress like yeah, at the end like know. some glowing thing even though he's not native american <laughs> it was so funny um the music i already touched on um i did laugh the introductions at least had some energy to them yeah but like I said, by the time I got to the third or fourth time they're introducing these people, I just went, okay, let's, let's come on. Come yeah. On. Um, Viola Davis is really good in this to the point where it didn't, like, she's so good it didn't bother me that her character made no sense. <laughs> and, like, her plan was so stupid. Um, that's about it. Yeah. I mostly found it kind of boring and ugly and nauseating. And um, I still like David Ayer. And... I don't hold this against him. All right. Yeah, I didn't like this movie either, and that's I really wish Nick was here to to at least explain not not, not explain, but to just so we could have the opinion of somebody who who enjoyed the movie on some level here. Um, yeah, if you enjoyed the movie and you want to hear, like, start badgering Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let 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 him know. Maybe next time he's on, we can have him. We can yeah, have just, him. Just like explain yourself to us, <laughs> or no, like to like come to me, my brother. Nerd tribunal, no. Yes. <laughs> um, but I really, when it comes down to these to this kind of movie, I'm here for two, one of two things, and it's either really, really great character interaction or really, really great plot, and this movie has neither of them. And I say it doesn't have good plot because it's 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 just very boilerplate and there's no stakes to it for me and I can't invest in it in any way. And then in terms of the characters, like they really split down the middle. Like none of these people really feel like villains to me. We don't see them be that horrible to each other at all. There's more strife in the Avengers 1 than there is in this movie. And these are a bunch of bad guys. Like... You would think that the egomaniacs that they're supposed to be would clash a little bit more. And there's not only is there none of that, but then when they try to turn in the movie of like, oh, they're kind of a team coming together, that's not earned at all because there's they spend no time building that team. Like it's just here's three introductions of this team and then they're a team. Go. It's, it's them wandering from set piece to set piece. Yeah. And and it's it's just it's really it's not good. It, and not only that, but as Willie said, in an editing sense, this mo- there are so many times in this movie where there are just like non sequitur shots. Like the the one of the shots, and Nick brought this up too, as like something that he thought was kind of stupid. That shot of Harley breaking the window and stealing the purse that's been in the trailers. Mm-hmm. It's like it comes in the middle of the movie, 
in between, book ended by scenes that have no meaning to it. Like it just, it's there to be a joke. It's there to have some, to like bring levity and it doesn't really work and it doesn't fit in at that point. And then on top of that, there's other scenes of like Joel Kinnaman demolishing a, a chicken leg that it's like, why, why are you showing this? Wh- what is this here for? And it, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of just, and then there's even misplaced set pieces in terms of like a helicopter gets shot down, but we've not been introduced to anybody who has access to guns on, in terms of like who would be shooting this helicopter down. And if they would have just flip flopped the scenes that are right next to each other, it would have all made more sense and logically followed. And this movie just is devoid of that type of logic. It's devoid of logic on the sense that, as Willie said, these characters shouldn't be facing off this level of threat. And it's devoid of logic in the sense that it doesn't logically proceed. It doesn't even it doesn't even logically set up any moments of like this is a big reveal if that's what it was trying to do. But it also doesn't logically lay it all out in a way that that a story would would proceed on in a, in a traditional way. So I think I'm doing a lot of talking around things, so we probably should just get into spoiler Terry. Okay. Um, oh, I just. Can we? In, I'll ask on air. I'll put yeah. you on the spot. I did like for people like who are DC Universe fans. I did come up with like some bright spots for the DC Universe. If you guys want to talk about that, sure. So like stick around. Like we're, I, like I don't want to crap all over it the whole time. So like if you're a fan of these like movies and you're looking forward to it, I promise we won't. I won't crap on them anymore. <laughs> I I think I and that's the thing. I mean, I'm excited for Wonder Woman. I think we're all excited for mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm interested in seeing where Justice League goes now that they've hopefully learned from Batman Superman a little bit. Right. But I, you know, we I went back and listened to our episode where we first discussed DC's dump of like, here's the next, here's the movies for the next five years. Right. And we talk about how Suicide Squad is like a bolt, like, man, that's kind of crazy that they're doing that as one of the first movies. And I totally agree because I just think that like I, I am still solidly in the camp of like I would have really appreciated knowing at least one or two of these characters ahead of time and having some connection to them, even if it wasn't a full investment. Like it would have been great to have something set up with Deadshot where somebody takes down Deadshot, yeah, and then we learn that he's been doing what he's doing because he has this daughter that he really cares for and wants to provide. Like that. I wish they would have just made a Deadshot movie. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I would, <laughs> somebody else talked, I think David Ayer or somebody, yeah, they've talked about how, um, uh, and I guess this is kind of spoilers, but it's spoilers for stuff we haven't seen and maybe won't see, but the Joker killed Robin, as we mm-hmm. as we kind of know from Batman v Superman, and the idea was that the Joker killed Robin, Batman went nuts and broke all of his teeth, and then got him put in Arkham or something like that. Okay. And like, this is what David Ayer said about this it. This is what right? David yeah. Ayer has has explained the kind of the backstory behind the way that the Joker is. Apparently, Joker put the the damage tattoo on himself, which was not as prominent as I expected it. To be, uh, yeah, because I mean, he's not as prominent as yeah, I expected. He's in ten minutes of the movie, yeah. but and do we all agree that this is like one of the most uninspired Jokers? That this we've is the seen? worst Joker. It's period. It's I I don't like it. It's it's hard for like it's it. so hard like it's even hard for me to like make fun of it or like criticize it because it's barely a character. I'm not even sure what they're going for here. He's kind of like a pimp 
No, he's he, honestly he's he's like a. I think you said he. Well, he's definitely doing a Heath Ledger voice impression. He's doing sure. Heath, Ledger it's Heath Ledger's voice, voice with like kind of Jack Nicholson. Joker. I was thinking, and you Jim said Carrey Jim Carrey, Mass. which I see a lot. And then he's mixing it with like Scarface. Yeah, and it's so weird. I think the quote on the Slash Film Cast is like, "This is the Joker for all those guys that had a Scarface poster in their dorm room but had never seen Scarface." I don't even think they would like him <laughs> because yeah. he's. There's nothing to latch on to with no, him. No, no. And part of that is that he's in the movie for 10 minutes. It, but... I, honestly, I, I, I didn't like what I've, so I have I have to base it on the movie I saw, obviously. Yeah. And in this movie, I did not like Jared Leto as the Joker. That being said, maybe there's so much cut of his character that he does become kind of interesting. I don't know. Still probably wouldn't like his interpretation or performance, but... I was I was really rooting for for an embodiment of the animated series Joker because I don't think we've ever gotten that on screen really and and we we still haven't so I'm I'm sad about that but yeah <laughs> all right anyway I think that's all we're gonna say in non spoilers um. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feedback at midwestfilmwits.com. But we're going to go into spoiler Terry. We will be right back. All right, here we are in spoiler Terry for Suicide Squad. Um, Willie, you've got a list of, of the changes that. Or, or alternate cuts that are supposedly out there. Yes. Now, this is not 100% confirmed, but a lot of this is based on, like, actual trailers that, that were released. Trailers, that, and then I think it was also partly built off of, like, previous... The, or, like, the, the shooting script. And there was a novelization like that. that was released that was based on an, a different version of the movie and whatnot. So, I'm just going to name off the, some of the bigger ones to you. I don't think you need to know that El Diablo observes the flame of a lit match and then puts it out. I don't think that's necessary. That's pretty... That's deep. Yeah, pretty that's deep. dope. All right. In early cuts, the movie's, movie's opening detailed June Moon's possession by Enchantress in real time. Reshoots reshuffled the scene to be later in the movie in flashback form in favor of a new opening centered on Deadshot. I like the Deadshot opening. I like right. the opening of him assassinating the guy. That being said, I can kind of, like, I, I don't know. I'd be more interested by a scene of, like, a random woman in the jungle. like Structurally, it makes more sense, too. That's that's yeah. the birth of the villain, right? I, I mean, yeah. I wish she wasn't even the villain of the movie, so that doesn't help me at all. But okay, um, let's see here. It would made it would have made more sense to me for June Moon and and Enchantress to be part of the team in this one, and then make her the villain in Suicide Squad too. That gives me yeah, more it'd be a betrayal at least. It'd be a betrayal. It would be more investment. We could build Rick Flag and June Moon's relationship. Speaking of excise stuff, real quick, do you guys? I I, I got the the vibe that the the brother Incubus was added during reshoots. I honestly think there's a version of this movie that didn't have him in it at all. I think you could like. I don't think. Think about it. They have a fight with him where he goes out in a CGI blast of glory and doesn't really fight anybody but a CGI Aztec god. That I'm not going to get into. That. I want to. Well, I think. Point. I think. Well, anyway. I already got it. But that's the thing, though. Is like he's, I, he's El Diablo. He's yeah. the devil. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know. And then but. they have a hand-to-hand fight, which seems redundant at that point, with Enchantress. I feel like that was the original final fight, was them fighting Enchantress. And the studio was like, no, we need a, a monster. I guess it would kind of make sense. Because, like, really, all they do in this movie is blow things up to, to, to finish it off. 
maybe there was a point where El Diablo was the one that sacrifices himself to take down her machine, whatever the hell that machine did. But I, don't I just know. have a vibe anyway. Enchantress, the end, like the third act, Enchantress, and I can't even say her name. That's okay. But I can't it, talk I, to you that's today. one of the bright spots of the movie. Is her swaying around, gyrating around, <laughs> gyrating around like that? That at least was entertaining. It was so, funny. so I don't want to cut any of that. We're not cutting that, right? <laughs> no, let's not cut that. Uh, I wish. Um, <laughs> early interviews mentioned Captain Boomerang's racism and sexism, but the movie is light on examples of such behavior. Not light. There, I don't think there is any. Um, which have apparently been deleted. Most of them were apparently directed at Katana, whom Boomerang is attracted to. Oh, Katana, Katana was cool because there's, yeah, a, to there's a scene in the middle of the movie where she's like, my husband's soul is in my blade. Like that. And then everybody's like, oh, whatever. That's cool. That is pretty funny, actually. That is funny. Yeah. Um, that's funny that they said the sexism was cut out because there are two instances of men punching women in the face in this movie. <laughs> One of them... Is Batman punching Harley Quinn to get like she she pulls a knife on him? Yeah, no, that one made sense. That's that one made self sense. defense. Uh-huh. Well, and, and and it doesn't make sense because how could you punch somebody that hard underwater? <laughs> that was the thing I laughed hardest at. Is he gets a lot of force? I was like, yeah, like what did? How did but, he? It's how did he do that? Maybe he had like a gadget that. Like, yeah, we don't know. Aff- rocket like yeah. a bunch of gas. Aff- yeah, Affleck's Batman seems more gadget oriented. He could be a lot like the toys. Like he seems uh, like yeah, yeah he I, could pull maybe, but yeah. but he has like a piston p- punch. The second one, the second one is where I kind of when I'm done with this movie, and it's where it's uh, it slipped out right. He punches a woman yeah, randomly in no the reason. face for no reason, and it's kind of she had a mouth. Yeah, and it's and she had a mouth. It's a punchline. <laughs> <laughs> It's a. It's used as a joke in it, and that's the part where I went. Oh, this is not for me. Yeah, I like. I no. There why? was no reason for that at so, all. So, so the think sexism the reason... I think made it in there, but not Captain Boomerang. But at least, no. at least they kill Captain Boomerang like immediately after. No, no Slipknot. There's whatever. <laughs> there are so many characters that just wander around in the background for most yeah, of this movie. You can't expect me to remember which one Jai Courtney is. That's true. <laughs> there was another thing. There are people on the internet that are like. I personally think it's an editing mess that Boomerang... Like, I love the joke of Captain Boomerang just piecing out as soon as Rick Flag smashes the device. Out of the rest of the movie. He should have been gone completely. It'd be incredibly. Wouldn't, I, honestly, wouldn't you have thought that was hysterical <laughs> if he just got gets up and leaves and that's it? And then, the, like, the, the after credits teaser should have been him, like, walking around and then his head explodes or something. Like. I don't know. Yeah. I... Uh, and then some people were saying they wish that his fantasy from Enchantress was him riding a pink unicorn, but which would have been great. That been but cool. all that aside, some people on the internet are like, yeah, but he comes back because he's like a boomerang. I'm like, <laughs> no, it, do, it does. No, no, it does not. No. Oh, that is the best. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a defense of, of this terrible, terrible piece of editing. People are insinuating that that's like a, like a deep creative choice. That, yes. Yes. Yeah, see, he returns. Like he like, comes. Player, he's like, no, I'm Captain Boomerang. I'm a boomerang. And then he comes back around. No. Fans of DC movies really have to rely on uh, character names to explain giant plot <laughs> 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 uh, Really, right. please continue. Uh, more backstory for Killer Croc, revealing that he lived his oh. entire life as a social outcast due to his physical deformities and has convinced himself that he is beautiful in his own way. Croc. Croc crossed paths with Batman while working as muscle for hire for numerous Gotham crime families while secretly planning to take over one day. They were also seen as displaying his affinity for making sculptures out of discarded materials. Aside from a joke about Croc viewing himself as beautiful, this was all excised from the final cut. Croc is something here in this movie. Yeah, I, I, think, Croc, I think Croc leans towards a bright spot for me, too. So. He, he 
he all right. So here's the thing. He does for me in one way that I like. I legitimately was happy with, and one way where I'm like, this is so fucking dumb. Like yeah. it's so misguided. Um, I liked the prosthetics. I thought they looked yeah. cool. I did. I'll be honest. I you, I don't think you see full body prosthetics very often anymore. And I think I, I was just so excited I don't to see. Think it was full body. No, I think it was head and shoulders. Well, it looked like prosthetics, so they tricked me. But I like I, I thought he looked neat. That that was cool to me. I, I like people interacting with things that are actually next to them, so that was nice. They could have easily just gone big monster, mm-hmm. like CG monster. So I applaud him for doing that. Um, the thing that I I think is amazing and is almost a bright spot for me is the fact that the the movie basically one of the one of the ending sequences is him watching BET. Oh, yeah. With like butts, butts clapping on, yeah. the, on the screen, and he's like, he's like, I don't know, he's rolling with the homies there for a second. Yeah, I wish we got a little more Killer Croc. Yeah, because I think he could have been cool. He just wants to hang out in the basement and watch BET videos. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Know. I get that. I, I get that kind of thing. I could, you could have cut Killer Croc out of this movie. And yeah, it yeah been that's fine, true. But he can swim real good though. But yeah, look, but, but then he kills the people that he's going underneath the. What top. was that? I don't. I don't know. It, honestly, it cuts to a shot of him stabbing a man underwater when they're yeah. trying to blow up the bomb thing, and then it's never touched upon. Like, I don't know if he was killing a bad guy. Somebody on the True Film subreddit had like a pretty good <laughs> thesis about this and how this. No, no, no. It was it was about how the movie really fails about doing any of it. But essentially, it's it it had like the main thrust of that was that. The seals don't trust Croc. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. It's out there somewhere. It still doesn't make any sense because he just randomly kills people and it just cuts away. And the people who he's like, "I'm going to help you guys." Oh, let me kill you. But he, but he didn't kill GQ, which is the most important thing. Well, GQ, I and I'm, I'm pretty sure GQ's gone. Was that Clant? I think Clant is dead. Uh I I think Clant is dead. Didn't see a body. Well, you didn't see a body because it got blown up by He's the gonna, bomb that he was right underneath when he blew it up. He's going to be back as uh, Deathstroke the Terminator. There's no Like in any other movie, they would set that bomb for like 15 seconds and let him like get away from it. But they're the Suicide Squad, bro. Yeah, I guess. Clon, yeah, Clon will be, Clon's got some clout. He'll be back. Mark my words right here. I think I think Clant is out of, of the, DC. the DC universe. <laughs> I think most of these characters are. Um, uh, there's a scene where Killer Croc puked on a helicopter because it's funny. Oh, and then he he pukes up a half a half digested goat and then eats it again in front of the Navy SEALs, which grosses them out. That's fun. That's funny. That should be in this movie. The helicopter one. We don't need more helicopters in this movie. No. So, <laughs> um, uh, early cuts uh, included a passing reference to Slipknot being a serial rapist, okay. likely to further paint him as unsympathetic to the audience ahead of his own death. So I think that was their softened version of it was to just have him punch a chick in the face. <laughs> um <laughs> Slipknot's hilarious in this because honestly, did anybody like anybody who was following this? I think everybody instantly was like, "He's going to die in the first five minutes that he shows up on screen," and they were totally right. And it's so funny because the entire time I'm like, "Oh my god, what's he going to die? What's he going to die? What's he going to die?" And then it happened to us so happy. I, it, I that was something that that I forgot to touch on the fact that they they have a half an hour of introduction. But yet there's two characters that join the team that they don't even introduce in that time <laughs> is egregious and stupid. <laughs> like, w- like, oh, Slipknot's here. Hey, he's good. Oh, we forgot to talk about how. So, yes. So 
I, that there's a okay. So everybody gets an introduction at the beginning of the movie. There's way too many introductions, except for, except for Slipknot, Slipknot and okay. Katana. And Katana, right? Well, Katana gets a, a flashback much later on, like third act of the movie, when yeah. we've already heard what her backstory is, and we don't need to see it. But regardless, that was clearly supposed to be part of those flashbacks early on. Anyway, but Slipknot gets nothing, zero, zilch. So there's this hysterical moment where he's getting out of the car. We've never seen him before. He's clearly like a superhero looking dude, right? And there's an ADR bit of, of uh, Joel, Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman going, that's Slipknot, he can climb anything. And that's it. That's all you hear about. <laughs> like, literally, it's so weirdly rushed. And dur- like, that's Slipknot, he can climb it's anything. Essentially, it's essentially uh, Alan Rickman running past the camera saying, I'm the Half-Blood Prince. It's so good. It's so good. Except they didn't actually record him saying it on, on camera. That's Slipknot, he can climb anything. Yeah. Moving on. You know, like, <laughs> yep. Um... <laughs> It's so dumb. I want to rewatch the movie just to see that bit, just to confirm what I thought was true. Oh, yeah, I, don't I, get me wrong. I might rewatch this movie at some point. Uh, Th- there might be a reevaluation. There will be. Maybe a, not a reevaluation, but at least a, a revisit. drunk watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, more scenes of Rick Flagg and June Moon's romantic relationship, which is totally unnecessary to the plot of this film, by the way. I don't. That did nothing for me. Those two I think that's one of those things that's supposed to help you get some kind of investment in the story. Because... I, you know what? The Suicide Squad, they're a bunch of villains. They're despicable people. You probably shouldn't be investing in them, despite the fact that they kind of want you to invest in Harley Quinn and the Joker and also Slip, or, uh, Deadshot. Deadshot. But that should have been like the that should have been the we we want you to care about these people. And they totally botched that. So. Um, there was a scene of Joker being chased by Harley Quinn pre- Harley Quinn transformation. Um, she's chasing him on a motorbike as he's in his purple Lamborghini. And <laughs> purple Lamborghini, the Rick which Ross is the song. song. The videos of Gail, look it up. It's it's, it's incredible. Fantastic. It's really good. It's it's incredible. Have you seen this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tim and I watched watched it the other night. So good. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so he she chases after him and he gets mad that she's chasing him and he gets out and slaps her across the face and like starts to like beat her up and stuff and then he makes out with her or whatever. That's cool. That's I would like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't like to, I but know. I would like that as like like that would establish the relationship that you were trying that we were kind of talking about it's, with a more of abusive but, type. But no, I will say no because it's more emotionally abusive in in the cartoon, if I recall. It's not. It never reaches. Well, obviously, it's a cartoon, but I don't even in the comics and stuff. I don't think it reaches a. It was more. He's just kind of a dick. I feel like the abusive relationship comes through in the movie. Do you? I think it's an unhealthy relationship. I don't see abusive. I, yeah, I don't see abusive. You know I, mean? I, I think they're both like it's, they're going for like Bonnie and Clyde st- type stuff. Everything or, she does, she does by choice, with the exception of being. Well, no, she gets shocked by choice too. She's she's like okay. But I guess to me, the main thing is that like the the one scene that I think of when we when we talk about this is her is the Joker being like, "Would you do anything?" For, I don't even remember the stupid, stupid is... words that he has there. Mm-hmm. But he basically emotionally uh, holds her hostage emotionally in the sense of like he forces her to jump into a vat of acid. Well, then there's a scene and where then he's gonna... he sells her to Common too. So there's that. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. But, but, but for me, it's that mostly like he, he, he emotionally extorts her into a vat of, of acid and then is about to walk away. Until the Joker's crazy, so he goes back and jumps after her, mm-hmm. and that I think it's there, especially in the in the later part where she's her fantasy is for their relationship to not be abusive, <laughs> like that. 
that's she wants a normal relationship with the Joker. It just, I guess, it just seemed like it was all kind of for naught at the end when he goes back and saves her because the Joker. I, I guess it's a different interpretation, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't criticize. But the Joker, I remember, Harley Quinn would have. The only reason he would have gone in to jail to get her would be as if he needed like help with something. Yeah. This one is because he loves her, basically, yeah. is what they're saying, right? I don't. Yeah, I guess it's a mutual obsession. I feel uh-huh. like is what it is. I. I and Leto's and Leto's Joker is so like weak as a man, like he's that. It's it's just such a different thing that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I like don't it. know. Yeah, uh, more of a relationship between Harley and Boomerang. Apparently, she he's the only member in in a different cut of the squad that she like hates the whole time. So save yeah. like an antagonistic thing. Um, an extended bar scene where they have a joke about the different drinks that they all order. Harley's tending bar and yeah i've seen people point that as a positive that was the bar scene was fine um, it came in at odd. yeah it, yeah i mean i guess it didn't come in at that moment because it was kind of the wind down it's just if they, they were, had had more character development by that point i would have been like damn this is really cool it, yeah. it, it was kind of a cool scene that would have worked better if they were winding down from something bigger like that happened before but like the stuff that comes before the action's not very good in this either that's another no bar. it's not yeah like it's it's just shot really choppy and like there are a lot of standing too. The lot of bit, Not a lot the, of movement. The lot of bit. <laughs> the one bit that I really liked was Deadshot in the hood of the car. Deadshot I thought that was a cool bit where he like kills everything. That was cool, and I I actually loved 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 the shot of uh, Deadshot resting his um, gun on top of his daughter's head towards the end. Oh, yeah, I thought that cool. was really cool. Like, yeah. So I was kind of like I didn't understand why that was happening. I think she he was she was still making him hallucinate. Enchantress that's, was, and yeah, and yeah. I realized afterwards I was like, oh, I guess that's Enchantress. It was a neat looking shot. It was really yeah, yeah. yeah there there are uh, yeah, but honestly, it's weird because most of the action scenes in this, they, honestly, they all they're all the same. They they show they they pull, show up in a room or in a street or whatever the set piece is going to be. And Battle happens. the monsters just start showing up, and then Rick Flag starts getting dragged away, and they're like, "We gotta get Rick Flag!" Yeah, Rick Flag get, gets dragged away, and like then they two... get Rick Flag, and then they're like, "We got it, we're good." Like it's so God, even the execution of that elevator scene. I like the idea of what they're going like the Harley Quinn elevator scene set to. I don't even remember the song right now, but it's just the execution of it. it's just off. It's not yeah. that interesting of a fight scene. It's just stuff kind of climbing on her for a while. No, and I didn't even like. I didn't even get. I didn't get why they were pissed off. She ran ahead. I didn't get why they felt the need to run after her, mm-hmm. and I and I, family. Eventually, I was like, okay, well, I guess they were like concerned about her, but she can clearly hold her own. That would have been cool if I understood why anybody cared. But um, remove several scenes of the Joker to repaint his relationship with Harley as more loving rather than abusive. Um, here's now here's the here's the big ones to me. The last couple on here, okay. Joker and Harley get an get into an argument after. He rescues her in the hijacked helicopter. He picks her up in the helicopter. They think she's dead, which is hysterical because we knew she wasn't dead. But um, in early cuts, he pushes her out of the out of the helicopter to kill her, and then the helicopter is shot down. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been re-edited to where the he helicopter gets shot and he pushes her. her out to save her. Yuck! Agreed. Um, <laughs> and, and then the last one. This is huge to me. Joker returns the, yeah, sorry, after the final fight with Enchantress yep. when they're leaving the subway tunnels with his ha- face half burnt from the helicopter crash, which leads to an f- uh, altercation with the Suicide Squad. He asks Harley to escape with him, and she refuses him in order to stay with her friends, and Joker throws a live grenade at the group before making his own escape. Like, 
that like that being the ending of seeing of seeing Heath Ledger's or not Heath Ledger. <laughs> No, this Jared, is not even no. <laughs> Jared Leto's Joker to me is way more interesting than like the I'm gonna break out Harley and she's gonna willingly like there, that's the thing is that that right there at least would have been like a character well, arc for Harley like no I'm not going with you right I still, especially when they introduce her to the song you don't own me <laughs> I uh, uh, uh well the government doesn't own her okay. but um I. <laughs> Because they still don't earn any of that team dynamic, it still would have fallen flat for me for Hardy, Harley to have been like, these are my friends, and then staying behind with them instead of were, going with the Joker. Were most of those refresh, Were most of those choices, did they soften the Joker? Yes. Yeah. Why would you do that? I uh, because, <laughs> because, because people threw a shit fit about how unfunny and dark... Batman v Superman was. I guess. I think that's it. I, I honestly think. just I don't I don't think they knew what to do with this movie. I I truly think that all those rumors about reshoots reshoots because they tested it and the audiences were like, what the fuck are we watching? They they got scared and I get it because the thing is here's it's it's kind of sad because at this point DC can't win it either way. It feels like. But, yeah, yeah. But which is unfair. But it's true. I mean, the first time around, they they let Zack Snyder make Zack Snyder's vision of Superman. It really was. That was the Zack Snyder Superman. Yeah. Love it or hate it, that's what it was. It was very much a Zack Snyder movie. I, I that seems like a correct. Right. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. So it's it, it was it was you know they gave him the freedom, and it didn't do as well for them as they were hoping. And then Batman versus Superman happened, and they were so scared because of the reaction from. Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman is kind of a similar tonal movie. Well, not not only that, but it's also the that was technically the 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 linchpin to their DC cinematic universe. I think they got nervous, and I'm not saying that I would have liked Zack Snyder's pure Batman. I, actually, it's out there now, I guess. But I'm not saying I would have liked any sort of alternate cut better. I just I don't think I would have. But I, I I don't know. To me, that movie felt like studio meddling. To me, a lot of Batman versus Superman did. Um, it's just the difference is that felt like a, st- a lot of studio meddling um, early on in the process, in the writing process, not in the so much in the actual like post-production process. This feels like studio meddling. It feels like a mixture of things. It feels like, A, they, ra- they rushed into production on a first draft of a script. That uh, honestly, This feels like a first draft of a script. Um, and B, they saw what was shot and completed and went, oh my God, no one's going to like this. We need to make it fun like Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers and all those Marvel movies. And they reshot stuff to make the Joker softer. To it, And had the people that edited the trailer apparently edit a version of the movie. I don't know. So well, and that, I mean, you heard that, about that rumor, right? Yeah, I think you yeah. told me about yeah. that. Yeah. That was what was interesting. Like I remember when we first talked about all this, that <clears throat> you guys were very much like, "Oh, Suicide Squad is positioned early because I think they've seen Guardians of the Galaxy and think that's what it could be." And they so did not get anywhere near that, even with this cut. Like even like the the ragtag misfits banding together <clears throat> to accomplish something. It. I don't know. That's it's, where I think a lot of that stuff, that goofy stuff like Killer Croc being obsessed with BET and um, a lot of the... I, I think Ayer would have chosen to use source music regardless, but a lot of the overuse of source almost, music... You can almost tell, though, which songs he chose because there's some hip-hop songs in there. They're a lot less obvious yeah. than... 
um, spirit in the sky or sympathy for the devil. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I it that I think the while while the source using source music is totally fine. I think the issue is that you can tell that the source music is there to serve a purpose of like let's make this fun. Oh, and part of the problem is that it's it, almost ninety percent of the source music in this movie is crammed in that first half hour of montages, yeah. and it's constantly changing songs for yep. every montage. Yep. So it's like it's like being in a car with somebody who can't listen to more than thirty <laughs> seconds of a song. They switch, switch, which I do a lot. But oh, switch! I do too. That's a little yeah, they should have put that. All right. Do, uh, do we have anywhere else to go with this? Can we do the DC thing there real quick? Yes. Yes. Okay. I just want to get everybody's thoughts. Take everybody's temperature right okay. now. Um, right now, it's because I picked. <laughs> yes, yeah, so well, I'll try to get through this quick. <laughs> like I picked out some pods. We're three movies in now. Yep. To this DC universe, um, and I picked out some positives, some things I like personally. Um, the DC universe. I'll start off like this. It feels like for me, like a like a football team or like my favorite football team or something that's 0 and 3 right now but like they they made some good plays like even man of steel i guess you could count it's a close loss <laughs> um <laughs> just a bad quarterback and um but there's there's glimmers of hope that they could make the playoffs so i'm not giving up on them yet they're the dc is the lions the detroit lions okay. of films right now um po- the biggest positive right now is ben affleck um his batman I think. Yeah. Um, his Batman feels, I think he feels like. We didn't like, even talk about Batman or the Flash can, in this movie at we all. Can, yeah, because I've got them both on here. Okay. So we could do that. Um, his Batman, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be in this movie, but I kind of like, I like the scene where him and Will Smith are on camera together. That felt like one of those, like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, I, I remember thinking that while I was, I was like, man, it's Ben Affleck and Will Smith interacting yeah. in something. That felt like one of those feelings I got when you see like the two like two Avengers next to yeah. each other. Um, I'm like, oh, awesome! Like that's great. And Ben Affleck is the first Batman. I feel like he can he can encompass all of the Batman character, like all of different iterations. There's some, uh, uh, and and it's not Ben Affleck's fault, but there's a lot of uh, strife out there talking about how this is the worst detective Batman that there's that there's ever been. Oh, in this movie? In not in the, not necessarily just in this movie, but also in Batman v Superman, because he like essentially he comes to the wrong conclusion about Superman, <laughs> and like, <laughs> and not only that, but he keeps needing to steal files from other people in order to like deduce anything about like anyone. That's f- fair, I guess. I didn't mind it because it the Batman movies, even the Nolan ones, like. The Nolan ones, he does detective work, and then he just kind of gives up and starts punching people at certain points. Somewhat. And then, I he, mean, and then he just starts invading privacy. Well, yeah. There, so there's that, too, which ain't good for him. It seems to have worked out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it doesn't bother me at all, but as far as detective goes, the bail one's not very good. The only one that does any real detective work, honestly, is Bell Kilmer. In in Batman Forever, seriously? <laughs> no, I'm serious. So and so, Affleck at least attempts. He just he's not the world's greatest right now. I think we're still. <laughs> he's working. There. That was the argument for Man of Steel, right? 
is like he's not he's not Superman really yet, so he can yeah. murder everybody. Yeah, but but the, but this but the argument here is that this Batman's supposed to be like the old tired grizzled. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's maybe, maybe he's it. just so yeah. tired so that exhausted. he doesn't want to put the effort into. That's, that's good. He's getting sloppy. Yeah. 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 All right. I, the one thing that I real quick on, oh, no, on Ben Affleck Batman. The one thing that bugged me is we've established now that this is a a, a Batman that like will just let people die. Like he will blow up their car and doesn't care. So like, mm-hmm. why would he save Harley Quinn? You know what I'm saying? Like, like at this jungle, well, why think, would this Batman bother pulling her out of the river? But what was she, what was she doing at that point? Well, she'd already killed Robin at that point. Because I don't know if you know well, this, but on her on those ridiculously fast moving character like detail oh, things, God. it says, um, "Aided the Joker in killing Robin." Mm-hmm. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it does, I don't know. That felt weird to me. The only thing I could have thought of is maybe he wanted some more information on something. Maybe or or. Maybe they've decided to make Batman actually be Batman from now on in these movies. Maybe. Maybe he softened up after the death of Superman. <laughs> or maybe maybe there was a cut scene where um she looked up at him and she Well, went, I guess Martha! technically I guess maybe that was got... maybe that was before um maybe that was uh, that's before Man of Steel, technically, right? I don't know. I don't know. Batman has weird CPR form too. He like goes into like make out with her, right? I thought I felt like that was. I knew he was going for CPR, but I'm like, why is he doing it that way? Affleck, you perf. It felt like it was Affleck just creeping. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) this this isn't your nanny. Uh, (laughs) Um, so positive. I think Batman. Everybody agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, this might be a controversial one, but Zack Snyder is still doing the Justice League movie. Um, I'm down on Zack Snyder because I don't like most of his movies. But Batman versus Superman still proved that one Batman scene on like in the warehouse where he beats everybody up. Like he can still direct an action scene. Mm-hmm. This is true. Like so, there's hope for me there that like Justice League at least has some sweet action. So that would be nice. And with the combination of yeah, um, the writers and maybe Affleck and Jeff Johns having more power, maybe they can kind of corral his worser instincts what's going to be the first movie with jeff johns and ben affleck being kind of i think it's the next one wonder woman wonder, 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 wonder woman the is the first full effect jeff johns so in all honesty it, well you know, not not necessarily full effect but it's the first movie that he's had any kind of influence on in all honesty i'm very that that one i it's funny because i feel like i keep saying every dc movie that's coming out every future dc movie this is the one that's going to make it or break it um, that one I think is going to be a big make it or break it for me. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, my hype is dropped for it. I, I'm not going to lie. It shouldn't cause they're totally different movies, but I mean, they're all for three now yeah. with me. Um, I'm really, I'm really curious to you see. Yeah. Patty J. I, I like her. Yeah. And I, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, okay. So yeah, that was my other thing is I still hold out hope for justice league and Zack Snyder because I do think he's a very good action director when he sticks to that. Um, Wonder Woman is a big positive for me. Um, she was one of the at least more energetic parts of Batman versus Superman, I thought. Just she wasn't in it much and she didn't get a lot to do, but when she was on screen, she's she's got a great presence. Yeah. Like, you know. Um and this is them be- honestly, this is them beating Marvel to the punch at something Marvel should have done years ago, which is a female character. When yeah. Marvel is a great stable of female characters and they haven't done anything with them. Yeah. It's um, going to take till 2019 to mm-hmm. get yeah. Captain Marvel. So this is uh, this is a way for them to carve out a niche, honestly. I mean, and say, hey, yeah, we beat you to this. Yeah. <laughs> Not that progressive. Are you stand a man? <laughs> I don't know that bad. Um, Superman. This is going to be very strange, but I think he's a positive now. 
I like that they're kind of building this entire universe around him. Um, I like that he's the focal point. Superman should be the focal point. He is maybe not their best character, but he's the, I think he's their most important character. Um, he's a God. Um, he, and I, and a lot of, but he's the God among gods is what I was trying to say there. And this is an opportunity. He's dead now. Spoilers. Um, but this is an opportunity for them to reboot him completely because he's dead. And that's part of me wonders how much of it may be Superman is a villain in Justice League. Don't say that. (laughs) Please don't say that. No, he's not. Steppenwolf (laughs) is the villain. Yeah. The band. Haven't you heard? I've heard, but I don't know. Maybe Superman is the villain in Justice League Part 2. See, okay. They missed the boat on this Incubus song. (laughs) But I feel like when they introduce Steppenwolf, that's the chance. Yeah. That's, you, you play a Steppenwolf I hope they song. go for the deep cut, not Magic Carpet Ride. No, 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 no. Yeah, go yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even think of a Steppenwolf. That could be good stuff. Every, every, oh, what if every I'd DC villain was named after, like, like a band? <laughs> Little Slipknot, Incubus. See? Oh, Jesus. We're, we're on to something here. Is there a band named Deadshot? Probably. Not yeah. yet. Like a rap rock band or something. Uh, Rick Flag. He's not available. Can Black I, Flag. Black Flag could play. Rick Flag comes out, right? Kinna Man. <laughs> Rubber Band Man. Kinna Man Man. Um, <laughs> We're just saying things now. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, two more things. Um, Flash is cameo. It's not very good in this. But. Yeah. I was I was excited to see him. I was too. It was, it was, it was not. It was better than, I liked it better than his BBS yes. cameo. Which was. So confusing. <laughs> But I will say from the just without getting too into the Justice League trailer, whatever you want to call it, clip that they showed at Comic-Con and this, they at least have the tone of the Flash I like. Yeah. yeah. I'm the only thing about the Flash, and well, not the only thing, but something disappointing about this Flash is I feel as though the highly electrical storm going around him as like a depiction of his po- I feel like I feel like the the flash on CW has a very cool depiction of yeah. his powers and I feel like this one could very easily get out of control. It just looked like there was electricity flowing. You think him. you think Zack Snyder might take it he over might tone it, He might tone it down a bit maybe. No. He's not going to. I hope he turns into an Aztec lightning god this time. <laughs> he's just <laughs> Why uh, no, I don't know either. My last positive is uh, we already kind of talked about it, but Jeff Johns. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Um, I think he's a great choice for this. Um, and him and Affleck are, and that's what gives me hope is that this is kind of the bottom of the barrel for me. This movie, Suicide Squad, like it, I was, uh, I just feel like like it can't get any worse for me because I really did not enjoy this. Um, so there's nowhere to go but up, and at least they have someone. It seems like at the helm who knows and loves the characters, yeah, and respects them moving forward and hopefully can improve things. It seemed like if they were going to have a Feige that Jeff Johns is a good, good because they don't currently have that. And there was, it was interesting. There were some people thinking that, um, like it just feels as though DC needs to let them do their own thing a little bit more. Now that, that, you know, man of steel was a different beast and, and clearly Zack Snyder got to do his Superman movie, as Willie said earlier. But now that it's become such a franchise focus, I think the DC we're seeing now is what we feared Marvel would become when they got into the hands of Disney. You know, yeah. we felt that 
like that overreaching hand of Disney was going to interfere a lot with with the vision. Clearly, things with David, like David Ayer's cut, if it really tested that bad, then maybe, I don't know. Here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, they're making money with these movies, but they're not making as much as they could with the properties that they have. I mean... There's no reason these aren't as big as Iron Man. Like, Iron Man... Iron Man was built from a franchise that was like basically a a B list, and they die. These movies die the second week. I don't know how Suicide Squad will hold up. I mean, it hasn't. It's it's currently doing pretty well. It's doing good. Okay, for Monday and Tuesday, like it got thirteen million on Monday, and then it went up to fourteen million on wow. Tuesday. Okay, so I don't know Maybe what's people, going on. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. Money wise, it's not kind of what I interested in but BV, uh, batman vs superman did die after the first week it did batman vs superman did not make as so much money as it should have correct yeah. uh man of steel the same thing that's a superman movie yep there is no way you should be struggling to make a sequel to a superman movie right yeah. now because you're worried about it making money this one we'll see how it holds up there's no competition for it this week either so there's that one concern is that it, it apparently did not get okayed for a release in china which is kind of a yeah so then that, that's gonna hold that's back tough. the international well that's their fault yeah. I heard, you got to put a random doctor somewhere in the background. Yeah. To really appease our overlords. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, feedback <laughs> at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Please write to us. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. MidwestFilmNerds.com has all previous 191 plus bonus episodes with full show notes. So you can go there and check out uh, and skip over things that you don't want to hear, like Spoiler Terry and other stuff. Um... Midwest Gamers, as I said, we're giving away No Man's Sky, one of the one of the brand new PlayStation 4 games. So please check out that new episode when it is out next week. And uh, speaking of next week, as uh, as we discussed, there's not a whole lot coming out. Um, I think Sausage Party. Sausage Party, which is, you know, I don't know. It's always hard to review comedies. Yep. Um the other one, Pete's Dragon, is coming oh, out. Is that, yeah. so that's a maybe. Uh, there's also a movie that I really wanted to see this past weekend called Don't Think Twice by Mike Birbiglia. Mm. Uh, I, I was a big fan of um, Sleepwalk With Me, which was his previous or his his directorial debut. Uh, so I'd like to see that. So I don't know what's going to happen for next week, but stay tuned and we'll let you know. So I bought the first season of Supergirl on Blu-ray. Oh, there you, you go. So there's a DC thing I like. There you go. Yeah. Tim so doesn't not, hate DC. I'm not full hater. Yeah. It's partial. Yep. All right. Kyle X Y. Go watch a movie.